welcome to Starting the Conversation, the podcast which uncovers what it really looks like to run a business, show up online and do your own thing. If we haven't been introduced before, hello, my name's Alice. I'm a digital marketing coach based in the UK and I'm also the host of this podcast. There's nothing I enjoy more than talking about the unspoken sides of being an entrepreneur and sitting down in conversation with others who get it. We all know how running a business and being self-employed can very often be a lonely and consuming experience, so it's my intention that these episodes bring a bit of encouragement and community to what you're doing. In today's episode, I'll be getting real about my five biggest weaknesses as an entrepreneur, so if you're ready to discover just what it's looked like for me to become aware of and take action against my personal weaknesses, then keep on listening. Well, welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to episode number 56 of Starting the Conversation and the final installment in this mini Take 5 series that we have been on. And what an episode to end with. The keen-eared among you may realise that this wasn't actually the episode that I promised would be number five. Originally, I was going to be talking about five tips for showing up through live video, so Instagram Live or Facebook Live. But as I went to plan it this evening, I honestly found it a bit of a boring topic and then suddenly this idea came to mind and I was like, that's so much more interesting, let's go with that. So I spent the last couple of hours planning this out, I've written so many more words than I meant to, so let's hope that we keep this within the allotted 20 to 25 minute time frame. but here we are, a different conversation, but one that I'm actually really interested to explore. You know if you listen to this podcast or follow me over on Instagram that I am all about the unspoken stuff. I love talking about the things that we don't like talking about and what do we dislike talking about more than our weaknesses. I actually see real benefit in recognising my weaknesses. I think as one girl bands or people that work for and by themselves, our businesses really are born out of who we are. So I think naturally the more conscious that we can be of ourselves, the better we can be in showing up in our businesses and serving our businesses in the best way possible. For me, the more aware I am of myself, the more aware I am of my business. And because I love my business and care about my business so much, being self-aware is something that's very important for me. I'm one of those people who wants to recognize something about myself before others do. You never wanna be that person in life where everyone secretly knows one of your flaws, but you don't know it yourself. And actually, I find that the more secure and in touch with myself I feel, the more easy I find it to recognize and admit to these weaknesses. So this isn't me saying that I'm always flaunting my weaknesses around life and feeling really secure, but definitely in times where I feel like my identity is pretty set and I'm feeling pretty chill, I actually quite enjoy coming to terms with my weaknesses and figuring them out. As someone whose natural personality type leads me to be constantly looking to level up what I do um, and do things better the second time around, for me, being able to recognize my weak spots and adapt, you know, how I'm doing things as a result of that is actually a big part of how I run my business and how I work within what I do. For me, when I realize that I have a weakness, I have two options. I either learn to live with it, and I have that little bit more self-awareness, which maybe just makes me give myself a bit more grace, or a bit more understanding, or a bit of space when I need it. Or, on the other hand, I put something into place which is gonna counteract it. For example, I will change my schedule or outsource a task that I know that I'm quite weak at. I will share specific examples throughout this episode. If I talk about a weakness which I've done something practical to counteract with, I will be sharing that with you. 
And I know what you might be thinking. Well, maybe you're not thinking it, but I definitely thought it when I was planning out this episode. Is this the most self-centered thing I've ever done? And in a way, this feels incredibly vulnerable, even for me, as someone who always talks about the raw stuff and the messy stuff. This for me does still feel like quite a difficult thing to share. But as the title of this podcast suggests, starting the conversation, I think it takes someone to start the conversation. And as someone who has seen real power and strength in accepting and admitting my weaknesses, it's something that I'm always keen for other people to go on the same journey with. So for me, if I can share my perspective and perhaps be a little bit uncomfortable in the process, but if that will prompt you to go on the same journey, then for me, that's a win-win. And there's two things that I really hope from this episode. The first is that it will prove to you that you're not the only one dealing with a few personality traits which don't work in your favor. And the second, is that they don't necessarily need getting rid of but maybe there are just some things that you can put into place to counteract them or help yourself when those weaknesses come up and you'll notice throughout this episode that a lot of these weaknesses swing both ways a lot of these things that I've listed as weaknesses actually also play out really positively in my business I think in a way it's quite comforting to realize that nothing is a hard and fast negative and therefore none of these weaknesses necessarily need eradicating but instead just need dealing with and learning to live alongside. And I'll of course point these out as we go and hopefully give you a bit of an insight into what it looks like for me to live alongside and put things in place to make these weaknesses either non-existent or just in the background. So the first weakness I'm gonna share with you is that I attach a lot of emotion to my work. Now this one probably doesn't surprise you and I think it's something that is shared by so many of us who work for ourselves and are entrepreneurs. Naturally, when we are our businesses and when our businesses flow from us, the lines between business and personal really are blurred. And unless you work for someone else, you're not given any boundaries. And if it's not natural for you to create your own boundaries, which shock horror, it's not for me, it can be really hard to detach the two from each other. When you do something you love, or maybe you've turned something that was once a hobby into a career, I think feeling an emotional attachment to that is incredibly normal. And in fact, I do believe it can be a really, really positive thing in some senses. <laughs> I actually unpacked this as a topic in a recent The Midweek email. If you don't know, I've got an email that I send out every other week, which is a bi-weekly digest documenting the reality of my business through the highs, lows and lessons learned. And it's basically where I just vomit all of my feelings and thoughts and emotions into an email and hopefully some people find it interesting or comforting. And I'm actually gonna read you a section from the email where I talked about this weakness because I was much more eloquent in that than I'm ever gonna be at half midnight on a Thursday night. It's not even a Thursday night, it's a Wednesday night. That's how much my brain feels like mashed potato right now. But anyway, on to me reading this quote from myself. Is that weird, I'm quoting myself? Who knows, this is probably a new low for me, but anyway. When I'm not conscious about it, my business becomes an extension of my personal life, linked in such a way that any emotion which one feels is intrinsically reflected in the other. If I feel sad about a personal loss, my business doesn't move forward. If I end the day on a good email, I go to bed happy. In a way, that lack of separation and instead emotional attachment is what makes us good at what we do. It makes us care. It brings life to our work. It ensures that everything we do and create carries the most unique thing we can bring, ourselves. 
But in another sense, when things don't feel 10 out of 10 all round, which let's be real, is most of the time, feeling like your business and personal life flow from and into each other can be a negative thing. And for me, the last few months have been a shining example of this. Since discussing it on my friend Fee's podcast, I've been processing the fact that late last year, these two sides collided. A long-term relationship broke down seven days before the launch of Gather and Grow, and each area of my life, business and personal, suddenly needed different things from me. Whilst in the past, I had embraced how connected my personal life and business felt, this was the first time that I truly recognised their obvious need for separation. On one side, everything in me wanted to sit in bed, eat all the calories and press pause on work. Whilst on contrast, I knew that my business needed me to show up and despite the reality of those few weeks being unimaginably hard, I learnt such a valuable lesson. End of me quoting myself. (laughs) But like I said in that kind of insert, up until last year, I had always seen this lack of separation between my emotions and my business to my emotions in my personal life as a really positive thing. And whilst it's still a trait that does show up in a positive way for me sometimes, I'm now trying to figure out what it really looks like to create separation when separation is needed. I'm not quite sure what it looks like to ensure that a bad email doesn't ruin my weekend with friends, or to make sure that something difficult in my personal life doesn't bleed into what I bring to my business and how I show up for my clients. All of these weaknesses, I'm going to just tell you right now, are things that I'm still trying to figure out. So if you looked for answers in this episode, you're probably going to leave with more questions. But right now, it would be true to say that bringing my everything to my business definitely looks like bringing my emotions with me. And that's not something that I want to be long term. I recognise that that's not a very sustainable or emotionally healthy way of doing things. But right now, it's kind of the only way that I know to do it. And it's something that I'm still trying to understand. And I will say, if you have any suggestions, if you relate to that, if you too bring too many emotions from side to side, please do let me know your experiences, your thoughts. I would love to learn from your perspective and what you've been through. And my second weakness is that I struggle with true vulnerability. Now, as someone whose whole brand and online presence revolves around authenticity and keeping things real, this one may slightly surprise you. But ever since being a teenager, and probably before then in fact, I've always had a really, really tough time being vulnerable. I have this really intrinsic association between vulnerability and weakness. And whilst I know that that's not a connection that is true, it's still hugely ingrained in me and I find impacts so many of the things that I do. Now what I'm not talking about here is vulnerability in terms of posting online about a past event or a past experience or something that I have healing from. Because if you follow me online or listen to this podcast, you will know that that's not something I struggle with. And in another way, I'm not talking about the vulnerability needed to show my face the moment I wake up or talk about my weaknesses in an episode like this. The vulnerability that I'm talking about here is the vulnerability required to tell people who I love how I really feel. Telling others in the midst of a struggle is the hardest thing for me and it often results in a problem getting worse or hugely spiralling so much more than it needs to because I just can't reach out and I feel so paralysed in the situation that I'm in. For example, a couple of years ago when I had a problem with a tax bill and I owed thousands of pounds that I didn't have, I couldn't bear to tell my parents about it until it was in a critical situation. 
Or another example, if you take when I didn't have any clients last year and I felt like a failure, none of my friends or my family had any clue that that was going on until I talked about it in past tense a few months later. There's something in that kind of raw vulnerability about my current tense that I just really struggle with. And whilst now I'm trying to look back at those past experiences and remind myself that, hey, telling someone has always made it better. I've never regretted sharing. Maybe I should try and do it more. It's still something that I really do find myself struggling with on a daily basis. Whether it's telling a friend or a family member when cash flow isn't very good in my business, or perhaps just opening up with someone that I trust when I'm in a bad period of mental health and I need a bit of support, this weakness really does still rear its head for me all of the time. And as someone who has an incredibly volatile job in terms of things being amazing one day and rubbish another, the fact that I do really struggle to open up to people I trust in a vulnerable way in the moment is something that I know that I need to continue working on and continue giving space to. I almost think in a way, the fact that I'm so open online about things that I choose to be open about almost gives me something to hide behind. I think in a way people assume that there's nothing else going on because I'm already talking about bad stuff and things that maybe seem vulnerable or raw to them, but what they don't know is that there's so much behind the scenes or alongside that which I'm choosing not to share. In a way I kind of get away with keeping the truly painful stuff to myself or just curating it in a way that keeps me comfortable by putting out there what I do feel comfortable and absolutely fine sharing, which for me is anything that's past tense or just something that I know I'm in control of. I think for me, that's the common denominator. When I look at all of the situations I've been in where I've not talked about it to someone else, the common denominator in all of those situations has been a lack of control. In a way, I find it quite easy to talk about a lot of the other struggles I have in my life because I know how to deal with them. So I can almost talk about them in a current tense, but it's okay, it's gonna be all right, here's the future tense version. Whereas talking about the fact that I don't quite know how I'm gonna wake up tomorrow and do my job, or addressing the fact that I don't have enough money to pay my phone bill that month, is a situation that I don't feel any sense of control or autonomy over, so it feels really difficult to talk about and address with someone else. So that's my second weakness, true vulnerability, which I know may shock you, but really is something that I've always struggled with and I'm still trying to work through within myself. The third weakness that I wanna share with you is the fact that I am a total control freak with incredibly high standards. Please hands up if you relate to this. I literally have my hand in the air right now because oh my gosh, if I could be Monica from Friends, I probably would be. Now I would actually like to reword this weakness a little to be a bit more positive and instead simply suggest that I just care a lot. I think one of the positive implications of number one, which is how emotional we feel about our businesses, is that we then have incredibly high standards of ourselves and what our businesses produce. I have such a high standard of everything that I put out there and the way that I present myself. And the biggest reason for that is because I care about my business because my business is me. I'm incredibly conscientious about the communications that I have with people, what this says about me, how this makes people feel, what this does for my reputation. Not because I care about being liked or being known, but because I want to know that the impact that I'm having in the world is exactly how I want it to be. And of course, this is sometimes a blessing if it's in a good way. I think great businesses need to be led by people who care, but with most things, it goes the other way and it sometimes can be quite paralyzing and negative for me. 
This weakness has particularly shown up as I've begun outsourcing elements of my business in the past couple of months. Outsourcing, for anyone who doesn't know, is basically just where you pay someone to do something for you instead of you doing it yourself. And I often joke, um, I often joke about the quote, if you want a job done well, do it yourself. But as much as I joke about it, that really is my instinctual way to think. I want to do everything myself because at least then I know that everything is being done how I want it to be done. But we all know that doing absolutely everything just isn't the most efficient or sustainable way to work. Outsourcing things that actually I don't do very well to experts who are gonna do them really well makes sense. But the thought of handing something over and giving someone else control honestly just freaks me out. I often have to remind myself that I would absolutely hate to live in a world full of me. I actually found myself incredibly irritating. I don't think I'd wanna be friends with myself. So the reality is people are always gonna do things differently to me and that is something to celebrate. That is not a negative thing. I'm definitely beginning to see what incredible things happen when you surround yourself with people who are different to you. When you surround yourself with people who have strengths that complement your weaknesses. When you surround yourself with people who have the ability to look at what you're doing and understand how it can be done with more efficiency and more impact. I think it also does come down to some practical things as well. I've really learned to pick the right people and choose people that I know are not only gonna do things the way that I would expect them to be done, but also be able to feel like they can bring their own stamp to things. And I've also found real power in figuring out how I can best serve them. I don't wanna let them, of course, I don't wanna let them run wild and do whatever they want with my business, depending on which area they're helping me with, but I also don't wanna micromanage them and irritate them and not give them the freedom to do what they do best. I think there's a lot of ways to get the most out of outsourcing, especially when like me, you're a bit of a control freak, but it's actually been a really good process of outsourcing and addressing this weakness because it's an area that I'm excited to be getting stronger and less weak in. Does that make sense? I hope it makes sense. And also because I have this tendency to be a bit of a control freak and have really high standards, my efficiency and my productivity really can be stunted. It's not uncommon for me to re-record a podcast episode four times because I can't get it perfect. Often I'll go without posting on Instagram for two weeks because I can't stand my feed to look out of place and I don't want to do something which I don't feel is my best work. And I guess you could use the phrase perfectionist or call yourself a perfectionist, but to me, it's more this hyper-awareness about how everything I do everything I create, everything I put out into the world could and does impact my business. I'm almost so, so aware of how important absolutely everything is that I think that everything is the most important thing in the world and therefore I need to check everything a thousand times and make sure everything is perfect. But the reality is if you wait for everything to be perfect, nothing ever happens. So this is definitely a weakness that I am really enjoying and seeing the benefit of counteracting and working against. Now onto weakness number four, which is that I I'm hugely tunnel visioned and very easily prioritize business over personal. I think this is something that a lot of us can be guilty of in different ways. And it's a concept that I'm continuing to explore and pick at and understand for myself. As someone who loves their job and doesn't really have a whole lot else going on in their life, no shade to myself, but I don't have a family. I don't have a partner. I don't have like a house to renovate or anything. 
So a lot of what I do and a lot of my time is spent on my business. I have the ability to dedicate a huge proportion of my time and energy into my work and that can be both a positive and a negative thing. As someone who naturally struggles with boundaries and overworking, in a similar way to the vulnerability thing, this has always been something that parents and teachers and bosses have noticed in me. I think one of my best and worst traits is my ability to go really tunnel visioned and just get something done. And of course, this is one of those weaknesses which totally goes both ways. If I think about the pro of this weakness, it's that when it's needed, I really can dedicate huge chunks of my time and energy into my work. And I don't really feel or see a huge impact on how I feel within myself or how I feel about my life in general. It doesn't really bother me to work 12 hours a day if I need to, because if that's what I need to do to get where I wanna be, I will do it. Another positive is that when I'm really passionate about something, as long as I've got the time, I will push something from a concept to reality really quick before any sense of self-doubt or fear manages to kick in. But of course, as with anything, this weakness completely goes the other way as well. One of the biggest cons of this is that, as you can imagine, working all day every day isn't healthy. And I have truly, truly learned firsthand what it looks like not to work sustainably. I literally burn out and had to take six months off of work within my first year of business because I burn out so spectacularly. So spectacularly, that is not even a word. So spectacularly. I think that's the way you say it. I literally don't even know. It's four minutes until 1am right now. So whatever I say, I'm not responsible for it. (laughs) But anyway, I burnt out in such an extreme way that I really do know my limits so much better now. And I definitely act when I feel close to burnout and when I know that I need some space, but it would be wrong for me to say that I'm perfect at this. And whilst it's something that I'm so much more conscious of and have... And whilst it's something that I'm so much better at and so much more conscious of, it's still a weakness that I have to deal with and have to stop myself going into the rabbit hole of. Because very often with being tunnel visioned, the more that I get success and the more that I get feedback, the more that I just want to keep running and running and running. And it almost has to take this like run into a brick wall type situation for me to realize that something needs to change. But actually for me, the biggest con of this weakness, of the fact that I am very tunnel visioned and I do often prioritize business over personal is the impact that it has on my relationships, on friendships, on family, on boyfriends. Without realizing it, I very often give people, people that I love, people that I want in my life, a real backseat. I've briefly touched on it in a couple of episodes, but last year I had a relationship breakdown, which was a long-term relationship that was incredibly precious to me. And at the core of it, that relationship broke down because my priorities weren't in the right place in order to give that relationship and him the attention and the energy that I needed to give. It literally boiled down to the fact that my priorities were just misaligned with his. Wasn't that I was a bad person, but it would have been true to say that if my relationship with work maybe had been a bit more healthy, that person would probably still be in my life and there wouldn't be a sense of sadness there about that relationship breaking down. And for me, this is a weakness that really when that relationship broke down, I suddenly realized that, okay, something needs to change. Because whilst I'm incredibly grateful that the majority of people around me are incredibly understanding and welcoming when I haven't spoken to them for a month and I get back in touch, it is something that I need to get better at. I cannot live life putting people at a back seat because my business is more important. 
It's okay that my business sometimes to me feels more exciting than seeing a friend. But what I need to make sure I don't do within that process is focus on my business to the extent where relationships aren't given any time or any energy. Because the reality is if my business fails, if something stops, if I can't work anymore, the one constant that's gonna be there is people. So it's something that I'm really trying to work on at the moment. I'm trying to let social events take priority in my schedule. I'm trying to let friends in a bit more and actually tell them about what I'm doing and why I work so much and help them to understand that part of my life. And most importantly, I'm just trying to have tough conversations with people. I'm trying to address the fact that actually sometimes I'm not the best friend in the world. I'm trying to talk about the fact that sometimes within my family, I don't show up in the best way because I've given so much to my business that what they then get out of me is just all of the crap stuff. Like that's the truth of it. It's not glamorous, it's not exciting, it's not something that I can package up in a beautiful way. The reality is, The amount that I put into my business sometimes means that I'm a really bad person to people that I love. And that's not something I'm proud of and it is something that now is way less true than it ever used to be. But for me, this is one of the biggest weaknesses that I'm keen to talk about, but also feel terrified to talk about. Because what I don't ever wanna imply is that personal sacrifice is what's needed to be successful. In fact, it's just my natural way of working. And like I said, it sometimes does work in my favor. My ability to put the tunnel vision goggles on and just get work done is something that I really admire in myself. But when I just let that thing loose and run with it, it actually can be really detrimental to my own health and to the people around me. If I ever find myself getting really wrapped up by how strategic and focused I feel, I sometimes just need to force myself to take a step back, to look at what's important to life, to readjust my priorities and just take a moment to chill. Sometimes I do just have to remind myself like, Alice, chill out, like you are 20, your friends aren't gonna always be there, your business can wait, this email can wait, nothing's ever as urgent as it seems, you are gonna be a-okay if you leave that to-do list in favor of seeing a friend or going out for dinner. And I'm sure this is something that also just comes with a bit of life experience and maturity, but for me, that's one of my biggest weaknesses and something which sadly on the flip side is actually something that really benefits my business. So I'm still figuring out what it looks like to keep that as part of my personality and the way that I work, but manage to still work in a healthy way, both for me and the people around me. So again, if you have any thoughts, I'm all ears, please do share. But finally, the fifth weakness to share with you is that I love the big picture so much that sometimes working in my business is not where I want to be. Now, one of my biggest strengths, which I kind of talked about within a couple of these, is that I'm very strategic and I am very big picture. And I've constantly got the big picture in mind. I'm constantly questioning everything that I'm doing against that big picture. But as with everything, this strength does have its downsides. And often it can mean that I can overlook details in favor of taking a task off my to-do list or doing something more exciting. In my dream world, which is gonna be a reality at some point, I would purely show up in my business as the CEO. I would cast vision, I'd come up with ideas, I'd be strategic, and I would just oversee operations. Basically, I would be constantly working on the business rather than in the business. And if anything, I think often people that I speak to have it the opposite way. A lot of people find it easier to work in their business as opposed to working on it. But actually for me, Being in CEO mode and writing a business plan and being strategic is something that comes really naturally to me. And let me just confess something right now, 
I find working in my business quite boring sometimes. Admin tasks, working with clients, doing the things that actually take my business over, as much as I love it, of course, in the everyday, does sometimes slightly switch me off because what really gets me excited is the strategy and the planning and the kind of big picture stuff. I think if anything, my kind of predisposition towards this big picture and my definite lack of love for the details sometimes means that I do cut corners. If I don't think that anyone will notice something, I must confess, sometimes I just won't do it. If it means that I can tick an annoying task off my to-do list by haphazardly doing it and kind of being like, yeah, cool, no one will notice that I didn't do it very well, I will do that. Let me give you a few examples. The show notes for this podcast being the first one. I do now have a copywriter writing them, but if there's ever a show note that needs to get done by me, which all of these Take 5 episodes have, and please don't read the show notes because they are just awful, I honestly just don't do it well. I'm completely half-hearted about it. I rattle off a couple of sentences that make sense, put a couple of links in there and shove it up and don't look at it again. Honestly, I'm so bad at doing everything so great when it comes to what needs to get done and then falling at the final hurdle and just cutting a final corner because I cannot be bothered to do that final bit of follow through. If anything, by the time I'm doing a task, I'm so excited to do the next one that I kind of rush it towards the end because I just want to do the next thing. I'm really bad at putting off tasks which literally take a couple of minutes but don't feel exciting. For example, there is a pile of cardboard next to my desk right now. It's been here for the last three days. It honestly looks like a section of the tip next to my desk. And every time I come and sit at my desk, it really annoys me. But have I moved it? No. Has it gone to the recycling, which is about 10 steps from my desk? No, because I get too interested and too excited by the other stuff, which is about working on my business as opposed to actually doing things within my business. Honestly, on a weekly basis, I have to sit myself down, I have to look at my to-do list and I have to figure out which tasks have moved from day to day to day and migrated across every single to-do list because I just haven't got them done. Sometimes I just have to put on a 30-minute timer and make myself do all of the tasks that I don't want to do because I find them boring or mundane or I just can't be bothered or I don't think anyone cares and I honestly just have to force myself to get it done because if I don't do that I just follow my intuition and do all of the tasks which feel exciting and fun which for me is usually working on my business and then shock horror I haven't got a business because I haven't worked in it for two weeks all I've done is written a business plan and set some quarterly goals which let me tell you you need a combination of the two in order to move forward. And actually this weakness is why at the moment I'm looking to employ an intern a day a week so that I can delegate these mundane tasks and not delegate them so that I don't have to do them, but delegate to make sure they're actually done. Because right now, they nine times out of 10 don't get done or they get done very haphazardly with a lot of cut corners. And it would just be good to know that these things which do matter, although they don't matter to me, are happening. So anyway, that's it for this episode. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry that this has been a bit longer than I meant it to. I do hope that you have found this episode interesting. I don't quite know what you will find from this episode, so do let me know. It does feel like it's kind of just been me word vomiting for 30 minutes, but I hope that you found something in it, whether it's prompted you to think about your own weaknesses or whether it's maybe shown you that the weaknesses that you have within your business can also coincide as 
strengths in the way that you show up. And actually weaknesses aren't always something to get rid of, but maybe just something to learn to live alongside. And hopefully maybe this has made you think about a few things you can put in place to help counteract your weaknesses. But whatever it is, please do share it with me. Just to recap, weakness number one is that I attach a lot of emotions to my work. Weakness number two is that I struggle with true vulnerability. Weakness number three is that I'm a total control freak with very high standards. And weakness number four, I'm hugely tunnel visioned and I easily prioritize business over personal. And finally, weakness number five is that I love the big picture so much that working in my business isn't always my priority. So there we have it, five weaknesses. This has been a very vulnerable feeling episode, but one that I'm really glad to be ending this little Take 5 series with. I hope you've enjoyed these Take 5 episodes. They've been really fun to record, and I'm so excited already by the response that they've had, by how many of you have enjoyed these slightly more to the point and structured episodes, although this one's probably the least structured and to the point out of all of them, do go and listen to the others if you haven't listened to them yet because I really focused on making them full of value and full of action. But thank you so much for tuning in. It really does mean so much to know that there are human beings and stories and real life impact behind the numbers. So if you've enjoyed the episode, if you want to share with me your thoughts, good, bad, ugly, whether you've had an experience that you think that I could benefit from hearing about, please, please, please come and share. I love to chat over on Instagram at Alice underscore Benham. But that's it for today. It is literally 10 past one in the morning. So I am going to go to bed. I hope you are doing fab. I will be back on Monday with a guest episode and we'll be back to normal of an episode every single week. So I look forward to that and I'll speak to you then.